From MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. back he's back from the open i faked all of that enthusiasm it's over <laughs> thank you we'll see y'all next week <laughs> yes we've got nothing he's thrilled to be back we've got nothing yeah the u.s open there should be nothing that should be the end of the tennis season there are tournaments going on oh sorry welcome to the tennis revolution everybody <laughs> um you forgot what this was yeah we overthrew tennis and now it's over uh for the year except for a few things but i mean i I hesitated to even get into, to even like look at the calendar so then I would feel guilty if I didn't talk about <laughs> it. You know, I didn't want to like know what was going on. Do you, you want to um, know some of the fantastic tournaments going on with the cities they're in? <laughs> yes, please. How about this one for all our French speaking listeners, Quebec City. There you oh. go. <laughs> I don't, that's more France than French Canadian. I yes. don't know. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. There you go. Is that... I don't know. Whatever. Um, about St. Petersburg. Florida? Well, you know, you would think it was Florida. <laughs> you would think it was Florida. That wouldn't be the best place to have a tournament now, though. No, it's Russia. Okay. Well, that doesn't sound Maybe they better. moved it to St. Petersburg so it wouldn't have to change the name. Right. Um, how about this one? Tell me what country this is in. <laughs> All right, you know, I'll name the city. This is easy, actually. Metz. How do you spell that? M-E-T-Z. I have no clue. Germany? God, you're so stupid. <laughs> Thank God you teach that. This is not a geography podcast. I knew what it was before I cheated and looked. Uh, it's France. Oh, well, there you go. See? All right. How about Tokyo? <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. You know where that's <laughs> yes, at. But I, you. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Thank you for stepping it down to me for me. That's more my speed. And here's, more, and here's one of our... It, listen, this is not the same tournament, but in, as far as I'm concerned, it might as well be. Because I'm going to probably pronounce it the exact right. same. Things out. <laughs> Again, they have, a, they have two tournaments in a year? I'm not sure. Listen, it's G-U-A-N-G-Z-H-O-U in China. Well, that is I the think exact the pronunciation. Other, I think the other one was like S-Z, right. like Shizuan huh. chicken or something. Nice. Um, so, yeah. So, that that's what's going on. You just offended all our Chinese listeners. Well, listen. Um, so, what do you think? Who's going to win? Uh <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny. Somebody asked me today. They said, "What was there any tennis this week?" And I said, "No, there's not any for the rest of the year." I mean, I don't think Federer and Nadal will play the rest of the year. Why would they? Well, maybe uh, the year the year end tournament, but that's to, about it, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, but they might not play that. Yeah. Um, well, as you might imagine, the one in China uh, has wow, Sam Stoser's in it. There you go. That's somebody. Well, the women pretty much play year round. The guys kind of like to rein it in for a couple. Alize Cornet. Why wouldn't she play the one in France? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Maybe they don't like her in France. I can I see that. So, yeah. So, oh, the one in France is a men's tournament. That may be why. <laughs> well, that most may- of these probably aren't even televised, at least not here. No, that wasn't me making a comment on a woman playing in a men's tournament <laughs> because she's manly. Right. Only Sharapova does shit like that. Yes. Did you see that? No. You didn't see that? No. Sharapova. My sweet, sweet Sharapova. <laughs> what did she do? Somebody... So she's got a book out, 
Yeah, I didn't know that. So now a book is this thing where it's got paper <laughs> with markings is that where on you it. You learn where Mets is, books and schoolwork and things like that. Yeah, all that fancy. High I was at tennis practice. I didn't go to. There class. you go. There's the spirit. No, so she has got a book out called uh, Unstoppable. Yeah, Un- except by Serena. <laughs> I was about to have to say, um, and in the open, right? So uh, somebody, I haven't read it, and I'm not gonna read it. And I just don't care about anything she's got to say. I'm sorry, Maria. Okay? <laughs> I just... Um, but somebody pulled out... I, I just saw it on a tweet. I don't know where tweets come from. I don't know how they happen or where they got... But they, they tweeted out some excerpts from the book. Right. And one of them was a description of Serena. <laughs> oh, I did hear about that, actually. Okay. So that's... I mean, do I... Enough said or do I need to... <laughs> well, basically, she said, you know, she had massive arms or big arms. I don't know what she said, but guess what? She does. Well, and it, those a lot of those were what what people would call backhanded compliments. It was like she made it seem like Serena was sort of her, you know, measuring stick or her goal to get to that level. But then at the same time, she was throwing a few jabs in there. I thought. Well, no, she could have been. But here's the problem. All right, first of all, that's just chicks being chicks, right? And there goes all her, all her two. Well, and they do have to sell. They do have to sell books, obviously. right? Well, that too. But it's in the book, so yeah. it's not like. She just said something controversial to to you know sell the right. book. She wrote something that you know it's a chapter in the book on Serena, um, but it's being uh, construed as I guess coded language, uh, <laughs> racist coded language, and uh, I just want to smack people that unless they're bigger than me, unless they have big arms, um, because it's not. I right. mean, damn it, the woman is. The best tennis player in the history of the women. Can I, can I say the women's game? Is that the world. racist or sexist or either? Uh, in the world, in the history of the women's game. Right. Part of the reason she is is because she has a physical ability to play a game that you have to run and move and turn and twist and stop and start and do athletic things. <laughs> She's not the world's best chess player. No right. offense to chess players. Okay. Maybe their index finger is really <laughs> strong for moving right. the, the pieces around the board. I don't know. Well, but when she, she came an, on the tour, she was probably the biggest player, too. I mean, now there's a lot of players sure. kind of like her. Sam Stozer, I just right. mentioned, playing in whatever the hell she's playing. Um, <laughs> Number one seed. But yeah, when she's Serena not, came she's on. She's the seventh seed, <laughs> which is really, uh, listen. So that's actually a, must be a stronger tournament. Well, it couldn't mean one of two things. It's a stronger tournament or she's fading quickly. Yeah. But um, no, Serena was, I mean, the, one of the biggest players, if not the biggest back then. You just didn't have, the women's player didn't look like that. They weren't that muscular. Now there's a lot and like more that. The, I mean, the number one player in the world is someone who I mentioned last podcast about how awesome at double she is. Um, yeah, Martina Hingis was, it still is, small, short, right. short-ish compared to, you know, most of the top players and not muscular. Um, I, why is that a trigger word for racism? I don't understand. I think every word is. I guess if you want it to be. Listen, is 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 Serena being not exploit is not the right word. What what is the word like? Just used as a. I mean, used right. kind. Of, I mean, Sherpa was you know talking you know about Serena for her own financial benefit. Right. So that's right. that's not ideal. No. I don't think. But I mean, who's going to write a book? I mean, who's going to want to read a book when you don't talk about any of your competitors or the people you're trying to True. beat? 
True. It just seems odd that, hey, I'm unstoppable, and here's a chapter about somebody right. who stopped me a lot. <laughs> True, that she should have been left out of the book for that purpose. Um, but, but no, no, no. I mean, so th- that's not ideal, you know, kind of using Serena, highlighting really maybe Serena right. in, in a significant way or a significant part of the book. Um, but I don't think that comment is disparaging. And damn it, if you're an athlete... Why wouldn't you want to be described like that? Well, and it's kind of like the context, too. You know, when McEnroe gave that interview, he could have said 10 amazing things about Serena. But then when he said, you know, she couldn't beat the number 700 man in the world, that was the one that was going to be publicized. They weren't going to talk about how he said she was the most amazing athlete she ever seen, or whatever he said. So we don't know what was surrounding all those other comments that Maria made about Serena. But we know they don't like each other. (laughs) So that was probably where people are getting some of that. Maybe. Maybe. I mean... But I don't see that. I think there's just certain people reading that thinking that's an insult. To me, it's not an insult to, insult to say, you know, professional tennis player is muscular or large arms And or listen, you're talking about somebody who was competing for Grand Slam titles. Right. As in, in, in terms of Maria, my Maria. <laughs> um, I haven't lost faith. Um, and the one, at least one player that was imposing and intimidating to her on the court well, Serena, well, of course. Does Maria play a power tennis game? Yes. <laughs> Is that racist? No. Well, and I think she, she wouldn't si- have been intimidated if Serena comes out and she's hitting, you know, 50 miles an hour. And who cares how big she is? It's also, you know, it's it's a combination of the two. Right. The context is everything. So, I, I listen, we are going to spend however many minutes of this podcast, the first segment of this podcast, talking about a book you barely knew existed, <laughs> I knew existed, but haven't read one word right. of, and will not. Not because I'm all anti-whatever. I just don't give a shit. Yeah. I just want to watch them play tennis. I don't, well, I don't I hate care. when people write books during their careers. I just feel like it's, you know, wait till you retire, then you can write all about it, and they won't <laughs> care. Yeah, like, everything's kind of faded. Like, we don't know what's going to happen in the next six months. We may, maybe don't want to read your book until later. Right. Um. But it's like when Sivalkova said that thing about Stozer, speaking of Sam Stozer, a couple of years ago when she said she plays like a man or looks like a man. Or that was a sexist comment. <laughs> to me, this isn't a well, that was our, sexist that, thing. That was intent. That was right. That she was trying to say, you're not feminine. Yeah. You're on the women's tour, but you're not feminine. Um, like implying she shouldn't have to play against her, in other words. Right, exactly. Um, and yeah, so there was obviously ill intent there. It didn't seem like... Here, here's what's interesting. Here's here's what will be a, a key kind of thing, is apparently the book's coming out on audio. Okay. <laughs> now, I coach college players who knew all kinds of fun stuff, like digital stuff. Right. They can probably get me a bootleg. <laughs> Sorry, Maria, you're not getting my 50 bucks or however much yeah. you charge for this piece of shit book. Um, I just got her book a piece <laughs> of shit book. Golly. Oh, God, I'd have got no chance. We just lost our sponsor. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Unstoppable. Yes. Uh, I'm going to make that a fragrance. <laughs> so, what the hell was I saying? You were saying that uh, trying to get an audio copy. All right, yeah, so so she's doing an audio copy, which I, I guess she's reading. Really? In English, not Russian. Can you listen to that with her shrieking all the time? Right, exactly. No, no, no but the point is, is, though, is that when she, I don't know if it's already done, I don't know where she's at in that production process, um, she should record it right here in the studio. <laughs> well, and she's had a lot of free time the last 15 months, yeah, so no maybe shit. she recorded it already. Yeah, she's got a lot of traveling to first rounds and uh, <laughs> drug testing. Uh, yes. No, no, no. All right. I got to get through this. What was I saying again? All right. Yeah. So 
We can see the intent. How she says it in the audio book, you know, I think will... I mean, I don't think she's going to lie just because of the kind of, you know, hubbub that's come up about it. I, I think she's probably going to read it like she intended for right. it to be read. And then we'll be, you know, able to tell if, she, you know, if she's all mad and bitchy about it. Well, and isn't that kind of the theme with all news stories now? It's we're just reading it in print and you really don't know the intent or the context of any comments anymore. It's all clickbait. Right. It's all clickbait. Yeah. So people, and, and Maria is probably happy about the controversy because more people are going to get the book and say, well, I wonder what she really meant by that or what I've got to read the rest of this to see what she was saying. Whereas like you said, nobody's even read it. So how can they even give a comment on what she was, what she was trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so how about this? Somebody out there, by the way, not only somebody, a lot of somebody, <laughs> our numbers are jumping. Yeah. Now, part of it was last week we interviewed comedian Joe List. Yes. And he has 22,000.700 yeah. something list, uh, Twitter followers. Many more now that he's been on here, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, no, that's where he got them off. Yeah, from, well, clearly. yeah. But uh, he was kind enough to uh, retweet um, our po- last week's podcast, which was self-serving to be fair i mean he was on it for god's sakes but his fans want to hear him only episode in the history of the podcast that you weren't on was the one that he uh retweeted i was on it though well that's true how sexy did my voice sound i it was like new york city the pollution all that crap whatever else is going on i'm walking seventy-five thousand miles a day and i thought you took up smoking in new york it felt like it it felt like it um no but uh yeah it was it was it was weird but anyway so uh, yeah, so he retweeted, and um, and so a lot of his fans listen now. They might hate tennis and just like right. him, and that's it. And we're gonna you know, <laughs> drop off dramatically. But hey, as long as the advertisers see those numbers last week and just move on from there. If we get one listener from that interview, it's worth it. All right, what the hell was it talking about again? I got a qu- <laughs> audio book. It's been surreal. a tough day. It's hot outside, man. It's humid. It's brutal in Texas. It's been a never-ending summer here. This is brutal. Um, I don't like it. So what was I talking about? You were so talking about audio, the audio, figuring out the context. Yeah, and and if and if uh, I think we just need to take her at her spoken word, right. on the audio book. Uh, so so somebody needs. That's what I was saying. So somebody that's listening now needs to listen to it for me, and then email us if she's a racist or not. <laughs> I'll take who I don't care who it is. Right. And Rebecca's I'll take the, probably already pre-ordered the book, so oh, she can God. tell us when she gets. I don't it. know. She probably. I'm sure she's anti Serena. Don't I mean anti Sharapova? Right. I and, think she is a Serena fan, so she yeah, probably won't buy yeah. it just out of principle. Well, I'm a Serena fan. Yeah. Why can't I be both? I mean, maybe you won't be now that you've read the book. It depends. We'll see. I'm not reading the book. <laughs> I don't really. I'm, and what a book says is not going to determine probably my fandoms. I'm a fan of someone because of how they play. I'm a fan of tennis-wise. I, I don't have any idea who she is as a person. Right. I don't really care. We're always guessing she, on all listen, these people. To be fair, she makes chocolate. But I mean, listen, <laughs> sugar pova, is that what? Yes, the gummies or whatever they are. I have. Is it gummies? That's the one I've had is like Sour Patch Kids, oh. but her version of it. Oh, does she not have chocolate? Like, I'm sure she has everything. Is it, is it like weed gummies? I don't know. What are you doing? I don't know what she's selling out there. You just chew it. I'm sure she's she has Russian. everything. There's probably heroin in it if she's Russian. <laughs> um, no, she's pretty much American at this point. Yeah, so the audio, I mean, the bottom line is we're going to hear it and then we'll make our determination because I'm with you. It's like, it's all just bullshit. It's all clickbait. It's all just people getting worked up. Some, some people want to bitch about her. Some people want to defend her. I don't give a shit. Right. I don't care. 
play tennis. Well, and it's like, we're not surprised that she doesn't like Serena, so why does anything she say really matter? We know she doesn't like her. Right. Like, whatever she says is going to be a censored version of what she really thinks anyway. Well, listen, here's the thing. So, I got something so awful I want to say. <laughs> really, it's a joke, and it's really funny, I think, but it's I, I better not. This podcast will be canceled. Um, Tune in the second half of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Call, yeah, call in if you want to hear. I'll just say it's a funny <laughs> joke. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, this will be a nice like brewing period of from now until you know the the australian you know series or whatever you know all the earth and all you know adelaide and all those leading up to the australian open um because as this book gets more play and more people talk about it more people either be questioning both of them about it or making up stuff who knows whatever and then oh please lord (laughs) oh please Serena, I saw some tweet or something where Serena was showing a picture of herself, I like saw post baby, right. and it was like, oh, I'm back in my jean shorts or whatever. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, dude, she's going to be back for the Australian Open. Oh, definitely. And she's going to win it. <laughs> um, and she's going to beat Maria on the way. If they're in the same half, that Maybe would be not. great. Maybe not. Well, I would love to see them play each other, but... I got a question for you. Will Maria ever beat Serena again? Not because of this book stuff, but just in general. If they meet in a tournament in January, not the Australian Open, but if Serena's playing an early tournament to get her life together back, you know, get on the court and stuff, then yeah. I mean, she just had his best chance. She had a baby, for God's sakes. I mean, (laughs) but she has such an edge over Maria. No, no, no. Right. But, but amazing you know women are amazing all right that you can give you know birth and you recover from it and obviously physically she's looks like she's already on that path she's probably working real hard and doing all those things but she had a baby right a human squeezed out of her (laughs) all right that's not and it's not just you know pregnancy weight i mean it does stuff to your body that you you can't even predict because it doesn't do the same stuff to everybody it's like it just affects you in so many different ways and and so who knows? Now obviously she's gonna have the best medical team and yeah. and so she'll be, you know, back where she needs Trainers to be. Right, exactly. But still, I mean, you would think that her first couple of tournaments back, I mean, I don't I'm gonna say she'll dodge Maria, right. but if you know, if she can play on the other side of Australia and not have to yeah. deal with all that hullabaloo, she can just play some damn tennis and kind of get her game back from being off so long. Um but if she does play one of those early tournaments, I, I think that's Maria's best chance. Well, and what's scary about Australia is if Serena is motivated, which you know she will be more motivated after coming back from this, I don't know how anybody ever beats her when she's motivated. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's, Except just that she's rusty, and but usually even with that, she's still able to beat 95% of the players. Right. And by the end of the tournament, she won't be rusty anymore. And that just goes to show you, I don't have the same argument on the women's side that I do the men. I don't think this is a weak time necessarily, right. as weak you know my argument with Federer and Nadal yeah. and how weak the men's is. I don't have. I th- I really think Serena is head and shoulders above above every female human right. that has ever played tennis on this planet, except before we were here and the aliens were here <laughs> building the pyramids. <laughs> well, I think when she's still winning majors five or eight years from now, we'll have to say she was way better than everybody else. No, no, but I mean, there's a lot of highly talented, highly skilled, and dare I say athletic, sorry, I'm sexist <laughs> and apparently racist if I say that, but right. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, technology for trainees getting better, and, and you know, back in the 70s and 80s, not a lot of women took advantage of that, you know what I mean? It wasn't as prevalent, it wasn't prevalent in tennis at all, Right. 
much less on the women's side. You know, it, it took longer for that sort of become a thing. But now everybody, it's it's you know everybody's got everything at their fingertips to you know train and and get physically where they need to be. And so even then, at this point, it's she's just shoulder, right. head and shoulders above. Well, I know you remember watching tennis, women's especially recently, where there were there were out of shape players that were still in the top 10 top 20 right and i mean you can't imagine that now on the tour like baseball <laughs> yeah oh yeah i mean you got guy yeah exactly cecil fielder and people like that i mean you, you won't see people like that on the tour and they're men we're not sexist they're <laughs> men but you won't see that ever again on the tour where somebody out of shape is winning you know majors or, or in the top 10 or top 20 right because it just takes too much yeah it's 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 the physicality i guess is uh has dramatically increased for sure for sure. Well, I, I, you know, I don't want to get caught up as a fan, quote unquote fan, because I mean, because I like tennis anyway. I love watching tennis anyway. I love the competition, the one on one aspect of it. You know, without getting punched in the face, it's the best <laughs> sport aside from boxing or you know MMA or whatever. Most pure, you know, because right. it's one on one. Um, and. I don't want to get sucked into this TMZ, right? You know, Mari Povich horseshit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Which is hard not to, because as we talked about, there's no more tennis. Yeah, I'm waiting. Year. <laughs> I'm waiting for them to be on Oprah together, and then like a reveal whether the baby is Sharapova's <laughs> or not. I mean, what are we doing? It's right. getting ridiculous. Cele- just celebrity boxing. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just out of hand. Like the dumb horseshit that they're coming up with. Um, I mean, yeah, of course, of course, she is going to be somewhat negative towards Serena because she has been a giant roadblock. Right. A giant feminine girl road, roadblock <laughs> to, you know, more success. And and it's coming out in a in a kind of bitchy kind of way, which that may sound sexist, but it's true. And yeah. Damn it. It's, and when Serena writes her book, I'm sure there'll be negative things in there about Sharapova and, like, you know, She's making all this money. I can't see why there would be. What What is she got? I mean, what is she going to just write? You know, well, 20, she did win that one Wimbledon what is it, on her. 30, I think. Right. She, the title will be 30, and it'll just have 30 pages. Right. It'll have every Grand Slam she's going to win. <laughs> right. Can she get to 30? I mean, at this point, God almighty. I do still think that people are forgetting the fact that she could actually have a second child, so then that would That's a good take point. another year out of her tennis career. That's a good point. I mean, you, you know, but, but you know what? It's not medically... You know, it's not as um, urgent to have a, a, a kid right. as early anymore. It's not the Well, 50s. look how well Venus is doing when she's, you know, a couple years older. So Serena right. does, does as well as she is now. Why can't she win five right. or six more? Right. It's interesting. And, and, and guess what? This makes it intriguing because we have, quote unquote, an off season and we got to wait for it. Right. So that's exciting. So And she has more time to train. Well, you want to talk about something that might surprise you? Nothing surprises me, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> this might. Oh, okay. It's about something you think I hate All right. that I might give a little bit of credit to. All right. A little bit. I don't give credit very. I'm kind of an <laughs> That's a-hole. true. Uh, well, we'll do that when we come back. It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com. To get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. All right, we're back. 
Were you on the edge of your seat? Always. Edge of your seat. Well, first of all, let me just make sure everyone understands. We know and are fully aware and have actually reviewed the draws of the tournaments going on right now. <laughs> yes. We just don't give a shit. No. And, and if you do give a shit, you're listening to the wrong podcast. Right. I mean, we got it. We love tennis. But guess what? You're not going to find any of that crap. <laughs> I'm still watching. I'm watching Wimbledon's from, you know, 1947 right. on Tennis Channel right now. <laughs> what the hell is that? We'd rather see that than the tournaments going on currently. <laughs> Here's what happened. So Golf Channel and Tennis Channel are right next to each other on DirecTV. Yes. And so if I'm flipping down and I, I click over, you know, to tennis, the tennis channel, and it says some, you know, it just has some generic, you know, ATP tour, tennis right. or WTA tennis, I know it's not real. Yeah. I just yeah, I just <laughs> go down one more and watch some random, you know, senior golf tour. Well, and one problem that tennis has, as opposed to some other sports like football and basketball, is when tennis isn't going on, there's not really anything to watch tennis related. With NFL, you've got the draft and you've got you know, analysis and all these injury you know, updates and right. with tennis is kind of just the matches. And once the matches are over, you know, you don't have an off season, you don't have off season topics. So you don't think we, so what we ought to do is send like Adam Schefter from ESPN <laughs> down to like Basel, Switzerland right. and have the training cam and yeah, watch exactly. Fed train and <laughs> combine uh, the, the ATP combine. <laughs> well, all right. I think we've hit yes, on something. That would Nobody be, do that. That's all right. That's our million dollar idea. That would be very interesting. Well, speaking of million dollar ideas, yes. Um, what what do you think? Who who do you think I have the most antipathy? I know you don't know what that means. <laughs> who do you think I have the it's most antipathy a, a Roman for? Character. Yeah. In uh, in the tennis tennis world, who do you think I have the most antipathy towards? Oh, there's a, a long list. Oh well, we yeah we know. He gave me a clue there. Yeah. Yeah, the USTA. I just didn't want you to get it wrong again. <laughs> you get so much wrong. Um, not Kevin Harrison. I was about to yeah, say. Yeah, baby. Hey, we're uh, we're technically that. I got it wrong. But no, I'll... no. No, listen. That's that's like picking, you know, a 500 to 1 horse to, to place. Yeah, and so he loses he, by a tenth of a second. Yeah, he would win, be happy. Win, place, show. He plays, baby. Right. Not that he's a horse. <laughs> See, I can say that about a guy. Nobody bitches. Right. He's a horse. He's a South African pale <laughs> balding horse all right no the usta yes right so Your i'm not a huge entity. fan uh, let me tell you i don't like the national usta i like the state usta yeah or the section i said in texas the section and the state are the same because right. we're so big uh we have a little piece chopped off for el paso and a little piece chopped off for <laughs> texarkana right the two nether regions of our state they belong to other sections but the rest of texas is is a section and a state whereas like the southern is made up of Arkansas, Louisiana, right. Georgia, and they're all their own entity, and then they come together and they have a section office as well. As a matter of fact, as you remember from last week, the other interview with uh, Mr. Potkey, you know, he's the uh, executive director of USDA Georgia, which is a piece of right. the southern section. Um, so the southern sections and the states that make up some of the sections, hey, I'm fond of. I've got no problem with them because they're on the ground, right? and I've worked with those staff people at those offices, you know, they're paid by, they are actually employees of the USDA. Um, and they sort of oversee the volunteer um, layer of the hierarchy in the section. Well, and I they, feel like those people are very actively involved too. Like they're actually seeing the things, you know, moving, moving pieces, whereas opposed to the USDA Nationals, like, let's try this, this, this. 
and then you know they got to wait to hear back how it goes. Well, yeah, in White Plains, I guess I don't know if that's where they're still. I don't know if they've moved everything down to Lake Nona or what. <laughs> oh they, yeah, I don't know. They might as well because if they don't, that's going to be a ghost town, right. just like the the Atlanta Tennis Center that they use for the Olympics. <laughs> have you ever, have you seen pictures of that place? No. Oh, oh actually, God. I think I have. Yeah. So the so in the eight um the ninety six Olympics yeah. was it ninety six uh-huh. in Atlanta had the Summer Olympics and they built a tennis center for tennis. Um, and it's the, um, what is that place called? Oh, Stone Mountain, Stone Mountain, Georgia, Stone Stone Mountain Tennis Center. Give that a Google. Would you (laughs) give that a Google? Because, uh, if you, it's creepy as shit. Yeah. Cause apparently they had some guy, he, uh, there's a video, some guy, I guess, jumped over the fence and, uh, is walking around with a can, uh, you know, a GoPro or something. And walking through, like opening the bathroom doors, and going and, like opening stalls. And don't worry, there's no, believe me, there's only zombies in there. If there's anybody in there, it's horrific. Uh, so it why are right. they not operating it as a tennis center? I don't know. Up. I don't know. It's it. It was a great facility. It was yeah. huge. All the courts you needed. Big stadium court. I don't know anything about Atlanta. I don't know anything about Stone Mountain, Georgia. Um, it's it's maybe it's kind of a way. It's hard to get to. Right. I don't know. Because we know Atlanta's used for tennis. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But obviously, if Atlanta couldn't make it work, right. then it didn't work. But anywho, I don't know what the hell is that guy doing. <laughs> uh, oh, Lake Nona is going right. to be a zombie-filled uh, tennis center in 20 years uh, or less. But uh, hey, didn't Agassiz win gold at Atlanta? Oh, I was 13. So I don't In 96? You were yes. 13? I didn't know you were that old. <laughs> uh, I assume the Williams has played. No, they weren't there yet. In 96? I don't know. Venus might have been there. No. (laughs) It's been a while. But no, probably not. There were so many good Americans then, as opposed to now. All right, men's singles. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. Boom. Read it and weep, baby. Read it and weep. Beat Sergi Bruguera. You (laughs) don't even know who that is, do you? Well, he played him in the French, too, right? I don't know, man. Give me a break. (laughs) And how about this? How about a sweep? An American won. Yeah. Women. Who could it be? Davenport. You are amazing. I didn't show him the answer. There people. we go. See? Lindsay Davenport. Beat, and it was America Spain finish too. Rancho Sanchez Vicario. Nice. Um, so we took out two Spaniards. Yeah, baby. When will that ever happen again? <laughs> the Man, women's we it can, but yeah, the men's yeah, yeah. who knows. All right, not so much luck uh on the uh on the men's double side, but it was a couple of Commonwealth uh countries. Um, some Australians, Woodbridge and Woodford, took out uh, Tim Henman and some other dude, Neil Broad, from Great Britain. <laughs> okay. So that's not too bad. That's not too bad. And then the women's doubles, what do you think? American um, or not? No. How about this? The the losing team from Czech Republic, or I don't know if it was Czechoslovakia back then, I don't know, Jana Novotna. Remember nice. her? Yeah, she plays USTA events now, believe and it or not. Hel- Helena Sukova. Okay. And they lost to... USA, Gigi Fernandez and Mary Jo Fernandez. Oh my gosh, nice. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. So it was a three out of four for the women. Yeah, who's going to remember that? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody's going to care. Did they have mixed back then in the Olympics? They might remember that more now, more than they remember that weird, scary tennis center. <laughs> so anywho, so <laughs> yes. I digress, as they go. say. All right, so national, hate them. Section, love them. And mainly it's because, like you said, they are involved. The, the staff, 
sort of oversees the volunteers, but the volunteers are the ones that are sort of generating policy and, yeah. and doing those kinds of things um, and making decisions uh, with the guidance and help of the executive director and the staff at the section, uh, along with, obviously, communication with the national body, especially right. with issues that pertain to, to national issues. Um, but they do everything from grassroots stuff, special populations, which I don't know what they call that now. It used to be called special populations, which is like wheelchair tennis, right. stuff like that. Um, I don't know what, what the, the term is called, but collegiate tennis, they, you know, they're involved in a lot, try to be involved in the collegiate tennis. Don't get me started on that. It doesn't make <laughs> any sense. They're involved in that, but whatever. Um, and so one of the things that they are charged with through no fault of their own at the sectional level is implementing and or trying to brainwash their section uh, with national programs. Right, which happens a lot. Which happens a lot. The, that, I think that's one, not just this podcast, I think any, anybody that's in this business, in this industry would tell you that the USDA, they come up with some programs. Yeah. Let me tell you, if you want a program, <laughs> they'll find a program for you. Just, well, and they love to use a program in Texas that maybe worked in, you know, Washington or... You know, right. Montana, it doesn't mean it's going to work here. We call that a cookie cutter right. approach. Oh, yeah, they love uh, that. One size of its all. Right. Um, yeah. Well, there's a new program out from the national body. And so you may have noticed it in and around the U.S. Open series uh, and certainly the U.S. Open. Um, and that is nothing. You don't remember? Do you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. I was going to let you reveal it. But. Oh, okay. No, no, I don't care. I was just, did, did you know? I did see them promoted a little bit. Okay, yeah. so you kind of saw something right. like they, you know, during, like, in between when exactly. one match finished on Ash, they had to wait for the next one to yeah. start, and they'd do little promos. And they do things like that here with, you know, Dallas events or Texas events. They try to promote it while they have your attention for other things. Right, right, right. So it's called Net Generation, which I guess is a play on also on Next yeah, generation. So I thought that was an okay. That's all right. I mean, eh, you know, whatever. It's all right. So net generation. Um, I, I don't know who came up with a brilliant idea, but it's a national program, and they're shoving it down the uh, <laughs> section's throats to shove down our throats. At least that's what I thought at first. Right now, that may be the case because uh, sometimes what happens with these programs is they they come out and they kind of just feel what's going on with them. And then if, if they catch on, now they just want to make everything that right. and shut everything else out, including <laughs> non-USTA stuff, which is, is, is part of the problem. Right. That's the part of the problem that I have with uh, Net Generation. Well, they, and they love to do that. So basically what it is is they – and listen, here, here's something they've done before. This word, all right, it, I'm not a teacher. I'm a tennis teacher, but not like a school teacher, <laughs> right. thank God. Um, but this word is used a lot in the USTA's parlance, and that's curriculum. Right. So they basically have written the end-all, be-all curriculum of all time for every child from (laughs) kindergarten through fourth grade. Okay. All right? Use it. Grow tennis. Good luck. Right. That's what, you know. But here's what I will say. So I kind of said I kind of like something, (laughs) right? That was a surprise, so it doesn't sound like I'm going to like it. But let me get to – so I was – perusing the curriculum and kind of looking at the program. Right. First of all, I think the biggest difference, but here's why they think this program's different and all crazy because it has an app. I don't know if they've ever had an app for any of their stupid programs. <laughs> yeah. So now they think, oh, wow, well, this is going to be the difference. We have a shitty program. Here's an app. Good luck. Now, do you mean an app 
that the coaches have or coaches no an appetizer <laughs> chicken wings um that's my best favorite kind of app actually i think it's an app for everybody okay i think it's an app it's got parents so basically they're trying to provide a, a again one size fits all type program for getting k through four kids involved in tennis now Here's what I like about it before I just totally trash USCA. Here's no, no, no. Here's what I like about it. First of all, it's geared towards K through four entry level grassroots. Yippity do. Let's have fun. Right. Hits and giggles. Um, that's trademark, by the way, people hits and giggles. Is fine. <laughs> um, and that's their wheelhouse. That should be their wheelhouse. They should be at the very top end with one event, the U S open. Yeah. And a dabble in the U.S. Open Series, obviously. And then at the bottom end, with getting numbers, 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 numbers. Let you, Corey, as in you, and me, worry about how we transition them from just getting them in and then get programming for them. Right. Um, I run a college team. I don't do much with juniors at all, except recruit them when they're a junior and senior in high school. But when they're kid tennis players, I'm not looking at a boys' tens champion. I'm not basketball. I'm not an animal right. recruiting, you know, promising scholarships in seventh grade. <laughs> um, but, you know, if I wanted to do that, I would not use a cookie cutter approach. I right. would develop a program, you know, but I don't do, I don't work at a club, so I don't do that. But there are tons and tons of people who do that. As a matter of fact, there are people that do beginner stuff. Right. As a matter of fact, there's a whole body designed to certify you and me and other tennis people in doing stuff like this in the form of the Professional Tennis Registry, or PTR. Right. That's one of the certifying bodies in our sport in the U.S., although PTR is real, a lot international, too. But, you know, they're based out of South Carolina, so they're, you know, U.S. Um, and they've got stuff. They've got curriculum. They've yeah. got uh, certifications for this level of kid. So what do you think? Do you think the USTA just boardroom stuffy boardroom people came up with all this stuff themselves <laughs> well i like to think they worked with coaches i'm sure they worked with coaches yeah. so my question is this why you didn't work with every single coach right you didn't work with all the you handpicked a couple and said, well, yeah we're going to go with that right i guarantee you there's 50 other coaches that are going to have 10 times more success than coaches will have with net generation yeah doing it they're you know using their method right. some of it with the ptr stuff some of it their own creative stuff stuff that's right. years gone by that is just kind of tried and true Again, I thought I thought I was, was going to like this stuff. Well, it's kind of like I work at a private club, and I tell the club manager all the time, it's it's their job to get the people on the court. Once I get them on the court, it's my job to keep them. So I think, like you said, you know, they're trying to teach pros how to teach the kids and advance the kids, and it's like, how about just get the kids on the court first and let the pros kind of, you know, right. assume they know what they're doing and they can advance the kids. And well, not to get political because I really don't want to. Honestly, I'll let <laughs> Sharapova's book and all that happen, right. do that. But there is a sense in this regard that that top-down approach or big government approach doesn't work because right. there are thousands and thousands of tennis coaches. And when I was in New York, I met 20 of them right. that are doing this stuff. And they're all in that high-performance program because they're successful at it and they want to continue their education to get even better at it and not really from the USCA, but from gathering through the USTA with other coaches. There's an email chain going on right now from our group with some of the people, some questions we were talking about in our deal 
uh, at the U.S. Open, and now I'm reading. You know, it's going back and forth. I'm not a part of it because I'm busy. Right. Um. But uh. But yeah. So it, it's going to happen free market. However, if this program stays hands off from the standpoint of, oh look, there's a resource for players to see kind of what's what, parents and like PE type coaches and teachers yeah. and then even maybe some co- you know cuz like this for me I could utilize this program right here and just run some kid programs at my college during right. the off season just to be part of the process of getting kids in and as a matter of fact that's what I'm going to do yeah well um, and I think what you kind of are saying is that the USTA has a tendency to act like they're kind of rewriting history or rewriting the way to do things whereas there's other people that have already done it it's like I don't necessarily right. need them to lay out how to do something when I can already already have other resources for that. Right. But they always want to act like they're kind of creating the wheel. Re- yeah. Reinventing well, the wheel. It's like they came up with this the first time, and we're going to use their method. And then by the time their method even gets fully, you know, everybody's fully aware of it, then it's going to be on to something else. Right. So, like, why am I going to invest all my time and, you know, effort into implementing this when three, four years from now you're going to move on to something else? Right. So one of the things this app has is the curriculum. So you go through, and I, and like I said, I peruse the curriculum yeah. for, they break it down into, um, you know, like I said, kindergarten through fourth, but it's group, like third, fourth, right. first, second, and kindergarten's by itself, because kindergartners are maniacs. <laughs> um, and I will tell you, not to toot my own horn, this is perfect if I would have had a little button that had a horn, <laughs> doot, doot, uh, but we have no production. We could have added that in later, but well, now we've ruined it. You know, my the studio charges way too much for all the extras like that, so we can't uh, we can't get that going. <laughs> it's like twenty five cents per toot yeah. per toot. Um, yeah, so toot toot. So I'll do it myself. <laughs> save me save me a quarter. But uh, but one thing I'm really good at is working with kids. Yeah, every level like kindergarten, all that K through fourth. Uh, you start getting fifth, sixth, those little suckers, man. Middle schoolers. Oh my <laughs> See, God, I, I'm better there. I, I'm good with middle school, high school. You can have the K to four. No, just I'm just kidding. Sa- all the parents of the kids I teach. Yeah, right exactly. <laughs> I like all ages equally. Yeah, perfect. I'm the best. <laughs> um, no, 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 I'm really good at that. Actually, yeah. I'm I'm a kind of a goofy guy. I have fun with them, but I also maintain some level of discipline, right. so they're not running amok. So because you have to be able to control the setting, um, you know, if you're going to have any sort right. of success at presenting tennis in a fun way otherwise they're going to be like yeah hitting each hit, other well and... hitting each other boys in particular see that's sexist but it's true <laughs> boys are out of control um but no i've got a nine-year-old daughter and some of her little goofy friends we um i'm taking them out now and once a week we're doing a little 45 nice. minute to an hour deal and a lot of this stuff that's on here is pretty pretty simple you know, lower level based yeah. on what I've been, I've done in the past. I mean, I'd go into a PE class in an elementary school with 30 to 50 kids and, and have to keep them, you know, somewhat entertained, somewhat doing some of the skills we're trying to introduce to sort of say, Hey, this is tennis. It's fun. Right. You can be a maniac, but still play a, a sport. Um, and that, knowing you're not going to teach them, you know, the grip on a forehand and backhand in the first day, you know, they're right. Just, no, no, they're no. Just we're doing all kind. Of, yeah, yeah. But there are still some skills that you know you can introduce that will ultimately be built upon right. if they stuck with it. Um, but matter of fact, one time, so we had the Cartoon Channel, right? Yeah, uh-huh. right. When you're eating Cheetos and drinking <laughs> Mountain Dew at two in the morning, watching yes. the Cartoon Channel, right? Ren and Snippy. Do you or have something? a camera in my house? Yeah. So, so. One year, it might have been more than one year, but a while back, this is, oh man, this is, 
15 years ago, maybe <laughs> something like that. The Flintstones. When I was two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Cartoon Network had a tour. Okay. They went to 20 major cities. Actually, they went to 19 major cities and then a small town in East Texas where I lived. <laughs> and I wasn't responsible for getting that all set up. Another guy I was working with was. Um, but he was able to put together um, basically the entire school system for the town in East Texas, which is about 100,000 people, and then several smaller towns around where he literally had a bus schedule where they were cycling in like we were at a Greyhound station. <laughs> so all these superintendents and all the principals of these elementary schools agreed, all right, we're going to do this. And they had these buses. They were cranking in every 30 minutes. Two buses would get you know empty yeah. and they'd pick up and leave. They had like a big, like a Pepsi truck, you know, it's got all the doors on the right. side. They had a big truck like that, but it wasn't Pepsi. It had Cartoon Network. Yeah, I remember. And it was the- smashed, tennis smash. I don't know what the hell it was called. And, but that truck basically opened the doors and had big speakers, and they had a guy with a mic jumping around like a goofball. They had a <laughs> bunch of they had a bunch of the characters like Jimmy Neutron, right. and there was some dog I can't remember who that was, <laughs> and whatever. Uh, who's a who's the big blonde Elvis guy on Cartoon Network? Oh, I know who you're talking Johnny about. Johnny Bravo. There you go. John, yeah. you know, so Johnny Bravo. They had I can't remember all of them, but whatever. They when had, it was when Cartoon Network just started, right? So it was a dual promotion deal. It was a dual promotion deal with the USTA. And anyway, so they came to our small town, but we had we had two courts, and we were rocking. Yeah. I was cycling through about thirty to fifty kids. Well, at one point, a lot of buses showed up at one time. <laughs> Somehow, it right. just whatever. It might have been part of the schedule, but whatever. I had one hundred children, <laughs> one hundred children on two tennis yeah. courts. Wait for it. One hopper of tennis balls. <laughs> I thought you were going to say one racket. <laughs> one hopper of tennis balls <laughs> and 10 rackets. There you go. 10 rackets. Yeah. It was it was the crowning jewel, the crowning yeah. accomplishment of my beginner kind of intro grassroots tennis <laughs> career. You're it not going to find that on the app. It was that. mayhem. Yeah. But it's high. You just got to be high energy. You right. got to be creative. You got to keep everybody moving. Yeah. You can't just say, sorry, we're not going to do this. You know, yeah. We rocked. Get back on the bus. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, sure. There was probably a couple that didn't get hit, hit a lot of tennis balls. But right. duh, we had a hundred people on two courts <laughs> with one, you know, hopper and 10 rackets. But point being is, is that this app is somewhat elementary to me again. Right. Toot toot. <laughs> but. It does provide the basics, and I think so for parents and that kind of thing. And the other thing it does, besides give besides give you a curriculum and give you some drills and some different you know things to do, what kind of equipment you need, right. how to set it up, what the drills look like. Like actually, it has videos of okay. of kids doing the drills with coaches out there and stuff. So you don't have to be as awesome as me. Uh, again, <laughs> well, I need that button. Anyway. Toot, toot. Again, I need that button. Um, to be able to do it because you you can use this app. The other really good thing the, this app does or this program does is you have to go through, and it could be all fake. I don't know. Probably not with USTA, but <laughs> you have to go through a background check process. Okay. So you sign up for the thing. You got to do this. You got, I had to send my picture of my license. I can't remember what I had to do. Maybe I didn't. That might have been for my passport. I can't remember. But I, <laughs> there was a process through which I had to go for a background check. So now you're kind of getting everybody on the same playing field that's part of this program you're going to know, okay, these people have been a minimum. I right. mean, you know, obviously, the FBI didn't come in and, and you know do the whole thing. You're not getting security clearance here. But well, well, it sounds like the gap they may have filled then is like we have access because we're certified pros doing it forever. 
we know we can go on our pro websites and all that. Well, somebody who's just getting into teaching, maybe they just decided this week, you know, I'd like to teach, you know, my three kids how to play tennis. If they sign up for this, they have immediate access to some basic ways to do it. Well, here's where they're missing the boat. And they've tried. But here's where they're missing the boat as a national organization. And that's getting into PE classes. Yeah. There are so many PE classes that probably have some rackets that they got from some USTA program years ago right. that are sitting in a storage thing. As a matter of fact, at my daughter's elementary school, I know that to be the case. I've got 50 sitting in my club from various programs. Right. And so they've got these, these uh, you know, maybe one hop or old ratty balls because right. they haven't been used in forever. And the PE teachers really, tennis is not a huge sport in America numbers wise. So yeah. why are they going to, you know, unless they just happen to be a tennis person, um, which happens, you know, sometimes, uh, how are these, co- you know, these PE teachers at the elementary level going to, you know, really feel confident and comfortable about doing something in tennis? Well, they don't. Right. And that's one thing, you know, when I'm promoting, you know, if I do summer camps and I'm promoting, I'll go in, you, know, you got to go through background checks and all that for all the school systems and stuff, of course. But once you do that now, you know, if I'm in a town or city that has, you know, 20 school elementary school i don't know that seems like a lot but whatever could have 20 school big cities in the metroplex here but you know i go in i do that whole not 100 kids i won't go but 30 30 (laughs) kids you know all the different grades and you and you do that and you don't even need a core you do it in the gym half the time or whatever yeah a lot of times i'll do it with the 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 big tires of the concrete, you know, yeah. and this pole that right. serves as a volleyball net yeah. and they just slide the volleyball net down right. ground level and then you get foam balls, you know, kids lose a tooth and, and then you just rock. Well, I mean, except for the ones that are supposed to, <laughs> and then, you know, you just rock and roll. You get actually, usually they have a sound system. And so <laughs> here's what I used to do. I used to put a CD, uh, into the CD player. What's and that? Exactly. Um, an investment device. So I used to put all my money into <laughs> right. this thing and nothing ever came out. Well, but the thing about that is PE, every kid in America right. has to take PE. Exactly. So then you're getting access. I mean, there's no other program really that you're going to get access. If you make it optional, you're going to miss a ton of kids. Whereas PE, every kid's going through that. Well, put it this way. If this is a vehicle for that and they utilize people in the section to target larger markets like in dfw there's a lot of elementary schools that have a fair amount of kids you right. know because again we're in a major city and a ma- you know we have two big cities you know i think fort worth is almost two a million and you yeah. know dallas is two million and then all the cities around i'm sure this right. place is above four million it's probably um so you target an area like that and you're going to see exponent maybe not exponential growth because if you only do it for you know, part of a nine weeks and you just do it for, you know, a couple of days cause you got to do kickball and all the right. stuff that they actually like, but <laughs> there's two, it's twofold. It's getting the tools to, we're really making the tool, which I think net generation can be. And then getting the tool in the hands of somebody like me who can help PE teachers use it. Right. Not that they're idiots, but like I said, if they're not tennis people, why do they care? They know every other sport because they played them all yeah. or see them on TV in some form or fashion, and here's tennis. They don't play golf and pee. Right. Why? Well, because they don't have course. <laughs> well, and we know this about sports is that the earlier you start any sport, the better you're going to be at it. If you're waiting until high school, which a lot of high schools around here, the first time anybody's held a racket is ninth grade. Right. If you're waiting until high school to start a sport, you're not going to be right. a top player. Right. Well, if 
if uh, the other, like I said, the disconnect is is there's nobody to bridge the gap between the tool, which is the net generation app and right. the program, and the PE teachers. Because no one else should, this really should be for them. Who cares about parents? Maybe parents a little bit. I guess, I mean, listen, I'm taking a group of nine-year-old girls who yeah. drive me insane. You know, they're adorable. They're angels. Um, but I teach tennis for a living. This is well, what I do. I was going to say, we know tennis parent, parents can't teach their kids tennis. Now, I, here's what I am doing, though. It's kind of funny, which I, I'm not doing it. I don't need to do it because I'm here. Right. But I'm trying to help the parents of the girls that I teach. With, you know, they're all... You know, all they all know each other. They right. know my wife, my you know my daughter's mom, and all that. And so they all know all the kids. They're all in the same class, actually. Um, but yeah, but I I can't see a parent or group of parents trying to sit down, look at this app, and then use it right with a group of their kids from their class. I just can't see that happening no. to any to any degree that's worth the amount of probably the millions they spent to develop <laughs> this piece. You know, this app. I almost said piece of shit, but I don't think it is a piece of shit. I think it is a, a, it is a tool that. Again, I have high hopes for. I'll probably be bitterly disappointed when they start changing everything to net generation. You're going to have to play. Now we're going to be playing college tennis <laughs> with foam balls. Um, well, and I think to highlight what you said, if I was going to go teach a kid basketball, which I don't play and never have played competitively, I'm probably not going to go on an app and look up, let's do some, let me look up some drills to teach this person. I'm just going to say, let's go get a ball and shoot around or whatever right but that's that's one area that makes our sport tough and that is that you there is a pre-rally phase and a post-rally phase and when you're in the pre-rally phase it's terrible you have to do net generation stuff oh yeah because it's miserable right swing and a miss which is why a lot of people get out of tennis after the first or second attempt (laughs) i'm surprised you're still in it i've seen you play (laughs) i'm still in the pre-rally you miss a lot No, 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 but you know that pre pre rally phase. I didn't know there was a post rally phase. Right, exactly. Made it there. What is that, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's so. So it's, it's funny because I told you how you know that I was going to like something. Doesn't sound like <laughs> that was it. his version of liking yeah. it. Uh, no, no, no. I have guarded optimism because I've I've played around with the app. I've looked at the curriculum. Um, a lot of the, you know, I mean, there's nothing in it that I really haven't used or done myself yeah. prior to this thing existing. So right. it's not rocket science, but th- that's never been the problem. The yeah. problem isn't the, the information. The problem is number one, the mechanism, which now you have an app. Right. So it's, you don't, but it's getting these PE teachers to do it. Yeah. And I don't, outside of giving them money, I don't know how you do it. When I just had this conversation today with somebody about a different tennis app, and I said the issue is not the quality of the app. The issue is making people use the app or getting people to download the app. So that's always the issue, getting people on the court. You know, it's that's right. always the hard part. Once, we're on, once they're on the court, I feel like, you know, that's not the issue. We do a pretty good job of keeping them interested after that. Well, you see how much – here's why I have guarded. The optimism is guarded is because it's already – it's already George Orwell's 1984 – they're flashing net generation when you're not looking. They're right. trying. To, I mean, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. They've got. This is. Listen, this is borderline creepy, and I'm not <laughs> telling jokes. They have net generation ambassadors that are children wearing these shirts. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like. Didn't you say you were going to do that with Tennis Revolution podcast? Exactly. (laughs) Kids should not listen to this, by the way, at all. Uh, It says explicit. Right. No, no, no. But the idea is is that they're all in, which is the part where I'm guarded. Yeah. Here's what the USTA should do. They should spend money 
to develop things that support private industry. Yeah. Private coaches with almost, almost no questions asked. Here's an app. We just spent a couple million to develop this app with all the curriculum and how it's all going to work. And here it is for free. We'll never ask you another question about it. I hope it works. Let's see the numbers in five years. And walk away. Because they can't do it. No. And they can't do it by making us do it. The only way it's going to get done is if I want to develop a program of this age group on my campus, part of the reason is going to be because, yes, I'm I'm just a hero. I'm a selfless, <laughs> right. giving human being for this game, and I, my job is to grow this game. I mean, we need more podcast listeners. So if we get kindergartners in, <laughs> you know, 12 years, when they right. turn 18, they can listen to this horseshit. But the other thing is, is if it can generate some revenue for my program, do it on my courts and, yeah. you know, why is th- which one do you think is more powerful? Well, yeah, anybody who has a vested interest is going to be more motivated to use it. It's going to be more powerful if I am making some revenue because we do have to make a living. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I'm not the Mahatma Gandhi of <laughs> tennis where I'm just going to give or the Mother Teresa where I just give. Well, and that's your problem with PE coaches is do are they do they have do There's they no, have the desire or motivation to sit and download an app and look through it for only hours. if they're tennis people right only if they're tennis people or so, like you said if they're getting some kind of compensation right now so there's there's something they can do why not the USTA why not give a grant to PE programs for PE coaches to go take tennis lessons yeah themselves right make a PE teacher a tennis player. Then, I mean, you've seen people that get into tennis in the beginning. Like, right. they're maniacs. Oh, yeah. We've got somebody on this podcast that's amazing. <laughs> she hasn't play, been playing no. real long. Yeah. And she's out and of control. She's she five to seven days a week. Five days a week in this awful heat. Right. That's where she is right now. Right. If she was a PE teacher, she would be, they would, they would play kickball one week a year. Right. And it would be all tennis. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Maybe dodgeball because she's probably a little, you know, sadistic <laughs> and want to hurt children. Yes. But, that was a test. See if she actually listens. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's th- that's the kind of things USTA should be doing is just giving away resources, giving away money, and walking the hell away. Right. Instead of trying to micromanage, control everything, and, and waste money, it's going to fall flat. Now, they do have an ungodly amount of money, so they need to spend it. So right. that's fine. Help the economy. Well, but- teachers don't exactly have tons of free time. They just want to go out and research and do all this for free. I mean, right. they, they need some kind of motivation, incentive. Right. So, all right, cool. We have just fixed American tennis. We have. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Well, I know I said I was going to like it. It didn't sound like it. Uh, there is some optimism in terms of that program itself and the new mechanism to get it to people, which is the app, because the app's pretty good. Um, you like the possibilities. I like the possibilities. And I actually, here's what I'm going to do for you, because <laughs> I know how much you're dying to grow the game of tennis. Yes. Well, in, in all honesty, that's one of the reasons you're part of this podcast. Not just for the money and the fame, but also to grow the game. Although it is overwhelming. But, so like I said, I've got a group of, I'm trying to get up to eight. I'm going to cap it at eight. So eight, nine-year-old fourth graders. I am going to, ha- I got a weekly pro- lesson with them. Right. Um, you know, once a week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get out of this sentence uh, elegantly. So I've got a weekly program once a week, um, and I am going to use solely okay. net generation. Nice. And I'm going to try not to deviate with my <laughs> other amazing abilities in 
teaching kids. Now, of course, I'll still have high energy. I'll still be goofy. We'll still maintain discipline on court so we can control. You know, I'm not beating anybody, but you know, they're not my kids. <laughs> um, I'm not going to beat my kid either. Uh, and you know, and so we'll do all that. I don't know if they had any sponsored, um, you know, like rackets or whatever. Right. I'm not using their crap. I'm yeah. using whatever I want. But that's only because I'm not. You have it all too. Right. That too. Um, so I'm going to use net generation. I'm going to look at the curriculum, try to follow it, and either love it or leave it. Which is a show on HGTV apparently, <laughs> or love it or list it. I think I don't. It's just all in the background, and I just in my brain <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot like yeah. Net Generation. Yes. So, what do you think? You like that idea? And so I'll give reports. Yeah, I do. We'll get a report, and you know, because one other thing about pros is they have a tendency to be just slightly egotistical, and they don't like to use other people's ideas necessarily. That's true. That's true. So, or share or share ideas of their of their own, right. which to some degree is protecting their own you know yeah. backyard, of course. Um, but ultimately, the best coaches share. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you know, and some of the best coaches I've ever known give all everything they have away. Yeah. Uh, to to guys like me, um, and what do they do? They help increase the knowledge base of tennis for people out there, which ultimately indirectly helps grow the game, which is what the Tennis Revolution podcast is all about. As much as I say bad words, <laughs> it really is about that. Yes. All right. So you excited for my weekly updates I once am. a Keep week? Keep us posted. All right. I will do that. If you don't have any kids left next week, then we know. They all quit. They hate <laughs> tennis. They're all playing soccer. Damn it. <laughs> well, um, I think putting my money where my mouth is, so to speak, and just, you know, if I'm going to bitch about something, I need to really earn it and make sure it does suck. Um, (laughs) It might be good. We'll see. Um, But really, the proof is in the pudding there, but also later down the road when they try not to let anybody else do anything else except their crap. That's that's also another aspect. So even if I like it, I'm still going to (laughs) bitch. All right. Well, anything else? That's it. Man, of course that's it. There's no tennis to talk about. Right. So, Labor Cup next week. There you In go. In-depth breakdown <laughs> of all the draws and all the players right. and all the combinations of um, Europe versus the world. And some, we'll talk about something else. You don't care about that. Ding chow. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, if you're out there, listen, the podcast is growing. Tell your friends. Don't, don't, uh, don't be greedy and stingy and selfish. Let them be a part of the greatness. And uh, and then, of course, if you have any questions, check our website out, TennisRevolutionPodcast.com. You can get episodes, do all that. Of course, go to your iTunes or your Stitcher. <laughs> Wait for it. There I got go. one more. Uh-oh. Tune in. I've added tune in to the website. Nice. I don't know how. I'm doing this all by luck. <laughs> I'm literally like cutting and copying stuff from our administration page on the website. Right. It's like got these all these different numbers and feeds and stuff and they ask for it and i give it to them and tune in sends me an email hey you're all set i'm like i don't know what i did but there it is i think if you have a flip phone you can listen to us now maybe so tune in stitcher itunes and then i couldn't figure out how to do soundcloud they're not very user friendly so we don't have soundcloud but uh, if you know how let us know um and again spread the word tell all your friends tell your opponents and uh, and let's grow this podcast because uh, we are a part, as you should be, uh, a part of helping grow this game in our country. And uh, and by the way, there's some other countries not doing so well in, but we'll talk about that next <laughs> week. So, all right. Well, until, until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Maria, read to me. <laughs>